Thank you for your excellent singing. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to continue looking at Matthew chapter 1, which we began last week, looking at the story of Christ's birth. Matthew chapter 1. My soft, uh, no, junior year of college, my parents reluctantly let me take one of their cars to school with me. It was a 1986 Subaru wagon. Yes, powerful vehicle, not really, but I enjoyed having that thing, except I had many problems with it throughout the year, and uh, some of which I probably caused, some of which I didn't. It was just old. But uh, anyway, that fall semester, um, during Thanksgiving, we were always allowed as students to leave campus and uh, we could go um, visit family or go to friends or wherever we uh, were able to go. And um, my wife and I, we were dating at the time, and we went with a group of friends to our, uh, one of our friends' house in Michigan, and uh, we traveled there. That Sunday, we went to church in the morning, and then after the service, we were going to go out to eat, and then we were going to head back to school And uh, as we were getting ready to head to wherever we were going to eat, I hopped in my car, and it was raining a little bit at that time, and I hopped in my car, and we were driving down the highway, and I remember this, I had my wipers on, it was kind of raining, and the wipers are doing what they're supposed to do, they're going like this, and and I thought, okay, I didn't think anything of it, because it's normal, and and I'm driving along, and all of a sudden as we're going on the highway, all of a sudden my wiper went like this, it went up, and then started wiping this window. I have no idea uh, what I was supposed to do. I was, uh-oh, this is a problem. Pulled over and I, I realized and analyzed the situation and I thought, I'm in trouble. It wasn't that the blade itself had broke, but the arm which holds the blade uh, had snapped and it was now wiping my side window. That's a problem. We went to a gas station and tried to find, of course, if you, you know, at a gas station, all you can buy is the blade. You can't buy the arm. Tried to find a place, and there was nowhere open. It was a Sunday. We were heading back, and it was a Sunday, and there was nowhere open that would sell us a, uh, the, the arm. So now I have a dilemma. See, because we had to get back to school that night. We had to be back that evening, and it was about a seven-hour drive. It was getting dark and it was pouring rain. What am I going to do? I'm not a mechanic at all. I'm not even one that's good at anything like that, and so I was not sure. A couple other people were with me, and finally we just came up with a plan. We went and we got a few tools, which we didn't even have tools, so we got something, and we took the arm off of the passenger side and put it onto the driver's side, and we left the passenger side with no wiper. So I'm going down the road now. Now, if you know uh, enough about vehicles, you know some vehicles especially, that both wipers function differently, right? They're trying to do different things. And so this wiper, instead of covering, you know, the driver's vision, only covered the little corner over here because, you know, the passenger side doesn't need to cover way over here. And so it only covered the little corner. So I kind of had to drive like this the rest of the way. And over here I had nothing. There was a little stub going back and forth the whole time. <laughs> It was quite interesting, although we couldn't get it on the right way. We didn't have the right tools, and so I think we used a combination of twine or 
duct tape or I don't know what it was we used. It worked, it, but it was a problem and we didn't really have the right solution. But too often in life we do the same thing. And what I find unbelievable is many people in life do the same thing with the greatest problem they have in life. They come up with their own worthless, ridiculous solution. We have to understand that every person that who has ever lived on earth except for Jesus Christ has a need. And there's only one true solution. I came across something this week that I think sets the stage for the text that we're going to read, and it says this. It's a poem called Our Greatest Need. And it says this, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent a Redeemer. You see, too often we try to fix our problems with the wrong solution and the wrong tool. There's nothing wrong with information. There's nothing wrong with technology, money, or pleasure when they're used in the right way. But they're the wrong tool to fix the problem. Many people go through life and they think, if I'm just happy, then I'm okay. Or if I just do good works, then I'm okay. We're trying to fix our problem uh, with the wrong tool. Just like me trying to fix my wiper problem, and I didn't have the proper tools to do it. I didn't have the proper parts to do it. And we can throw information at it. We can throw technology at it, but the problem won't go away. God knew we had a problem. So he came up with a solution. Ever since the Garden of Eden, man has tried all kinds of ways to fix his problem of sin. But he can't. It's impossible. We don't have the capability to do it. We don't have the right tools. We don't have the right parts. We don't have what we need. That's why a Redeemer is needed. And a Redeemer came to save us from our problem, which is sin. Today I want to continue our, our Nativity series entitled, What Child Is This?, Last week we looked at the idea that God, that Jesus is our King. But this morning I want to look at the idea that Jesus is our Savior, our Redeemer, that God had planned from the beginning. Let's pray. God, I pray you'll help us as we look at this passage to understand that you sent Jesus to earth to do a lot of things. But the most important thing that you did was you sent Jesus to do something we couldn't do. And that was to save us from our sins. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to see that this morning. We ask this in your name. Amen. This morning I want to look at three characteristics, and we will uh, be briefer than normal because we do want to get to our time of uh, baptismal, but we are going to look just briefly at three characteristics of Christ as our Redeemer. First one, Jesus is our pure Redeemer. Look, if you will, in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, I have it on the screen if you would like to follow along. He says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. One of the most attacked doctrines in all of Scripture is the doctrine of the virgin birth. Why? 
Why is it attacked? Well, there could be a number of reasons. First of all, it's really hard to understand, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's scientifically, it doesn't make sense. But, uh, biologically, it's impossible. And so many people throw that off. So why even worry about it? Why even worry about the fact that it says, Scripture says that Jesus was born of a virgin? I mean, to some people it's silly. Some people it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, and so they just toss it off as being silly or a fable. So why is it important? Well, first of all, it's important because Scripture pointed it out. Scripture made it very clear, as it did in the Old Testament, prophesied in the Old Testament, as the fulfillment was said in the New Testament, that Jesus was going to be born of a virgin. So it's there, it's important. We also know it's a doctrine that, as I said, that's attacked. I believe Satan spends his time attacking things that he knows are important. So since he spends so much time to discredit the virgin birth, then it must be very important. So why is the virgin birth so important? Well, first of all, we need to talk about what exactly it is. What is the virgin birth? Well, it's, it's pretty much exactly as it says. If you notice in that passage in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it tells us, it says that they were betrothed to be married, they were engaged, as we would call it, and before they came together, before they had any physical relationship, she was found to be with child. Now that is uh, 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 something that we don't understand. Scripture tells us there that she was conceived of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did not impregnate her, but He miraculously created life inside of her. Some people think that's far-fetched or impossible. But remember for a moment, the Holy Spirit is God. And who was it way back at the, at the beginning of creation? Who was it that breathed life into man? It was God Himself. And so the thought that the Holy Spirit couldn't do that is, is really foolish. The Holy Spirit breathed life and gave life inside of the womb of Mary. That's what happened. Whether science or biology can explain it, that's what took place. But once again, we come back to the same question. Why is it so important? Why does it matter? Why couldn't Jesus just have come in a normal fashion and explain to everyone it's a normal fashion? Well, to answer that question, really, we have to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Because in the Garden of Eden, God created man. And then God said man should not be alone, and so God created woman. And at that moment, He said something. He said, it's good. Things are good. Things are the way they should be. And at that moment, He created uh, man, Adam and Eve, as sinless beings. They had the capability of sinning, but yet, at that point, they were still sinless. Well, obviously, we know Satan had a plan. Satan didn't want man to be sinless because Satan knew that if he could get man to stumble then they would be like him condemned and so Satan deceived he came to Eve and he deceived Eve then Eve came to Adam and Adam willingly chose to fall so the bible says that sin entered the world but you know the bible tells us specifically that sin entered the world through Adam, if you look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned. 
Scripture tells us there that, that sin entered into the world through one man, through Adam. It goes on, it says death does the same, and, and, and Paul adds to that in, in, in this passage. That's the wrong reference, but it's, it's in, uh, in 1 Corinthians, uh, not 1 Chronicles, 1 Corinthians, it says, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Because of the sin uh, of Adam, it tells us that all of us are subject to sin, all of us live a life of sin, and all of us thus face the result of sin, which is death. We go back, why is it that God chose to send Christ through a virgin? Because thanks to Adam, we're all sinners. Not just sinners because we do wrong, because we do. But sinners by birth. The Bible calls it the flesh, the sin nature. So even if it is possible to live a life without committing a single sin, which it's not possible for us, we would still be condemned because of our inherited sin nature. That sin nature was passed through from generation to generation. That sin nature was passed along. And that sin nature, last week we looked at the genealogy of Christ. And as you go through the genealogy of Christ, it starts with Abraham, who was a sinner. And it goes down to Isaac, who was a sinner. And it goes down, down the line to David, who was a sinner. And down that, past that to, to Joseph, the, the, birth, the, excuse me, the humanly father, father of Christ, who also was a sinner. So it's passed all the way down to Joseph the carpenter. But then you know what? That sin nature stopped. It stopped because that's where the male bloodline stopped. See, the Bible says that sin nature comes from Adam. For in Adam all, all, all sin and in Adam all die. And the sin nature is passed to the seed of the male. It could have been conceivable for Christ to have come and been the blood relation of Joseph and have that sin nature but still be sinless. But yet, at the same time, uh, there is no way that uh, he could have escaped the fact that he had that sin nature. And so he had to be a pure being. The only way that Jesus could have been pure enough to be our Redeemer was with, is, is if he had no earthly father. No human earthly father's bloodline. By being conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin, Jesus was born free of the sin nature that all of us possess. So when someone comes to you and says, is it really important that Jesus was born of a virgin? You say, absolutely. Because my Savior was pure. My Savior was free of the sin nature. By being conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin, Jesus was pure. By being pure, He is able to be our pure Redeemer. So we see the first thing is Jesus is our pure Redeemer, but second thing we see is that Jesus is our public Redeemer. Notice, if you will, in Matthew chapter 1, again, continuing on in verse 19, notice what it says in verse 19 and 20. And her husband Joseph, Mary's husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, 
An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus didn't come to earth to hide. His coming was a public event. It was never meant to be private. It was never meant to be something hidden from all of mankind. And it still isn't today. There should have been no surprise when Jesus came. Virtually everything about His coming was foretold by the prophets. The Old Testament prophets told us where He was going to be born. They told us uh, how He was going to live. They told us why He was to be born. And they also told us some key circumstances surrounding His birth. Everything about Christ's birth was foretold by the Old Testament prophets, so it shouldn't have been a shock. In fact, those who were, who were godly enough and sought Scripture enough were able to truly discern Christ immediately. We think of people like, like Elizabeth. When, when she found out Mary was born, she knew immediately who it was. John the Baptist knew who Christ was. Simeon, when, when Simeon saw Jesus in the temple, he knew who Christ was. Anna knew who Christ was. Why? Because they, they, it was foretold. The Scriptures had taught them and they had believed it. Jesus wasn't coming as a secret. It was a truth they had been uh, publicly told since the Garden of Eden. Since the beginning, God had said, I'm going to send one who's going to remedy all of this. And then over time, you peel away and you see all the truths that Christ gave. It wasn't a secret. It was a well-documented public truth. But some people didn't believe Some people were oblivious. We just sang the song a few moments ago and it talks about the busyness of Bethlehem. And many missed it. And Joseph believed and we look at this passage and and he now has a dilemma. He knew knew that that what, what had taken place he believed it, but yet he didn't know his part in it. How was he supposed to interact with with a woman who now was pregnant and he was not the father? How was he supposed to interact with that? But God didn't keep it a secret from him. God sent an angel to tell him all about it. And notice how God told Joseph. He told him in a dream. He told him in a dream. And yet, what kind of dream was this? You know, Joseph at this point didn't know what to do. Joseph, you look at the passage in verse 19, he's debating. He says, should I, should I handle this privately? What should I do? And, and, and this evening, we're going to talk uh, in our evening service more about Joseph and look at this passage from the perspective of Joseph. But, uh, so come back tonight. But notice what the angel says. The angel announces to him what he's supposed to do. Look at the verse again. He says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. That which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The angel announced exactly what was to happen. He said to them, there's no secrets, there's no hidden meanings, nothing left to interpretation. Jesus, or excuse me, he says to him, Joseph, go ahead, take Mary as your wife. She didn't do anything wrong. She didn't do anything immoral. She didn't do anything that should cause you to shun her. The child that is in her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. It was clear, it was concise, it was to the point. Hearing the angel's word was the easy part. Now think for a moment, and again, we'll talk about this more this evening, but think for a moment now what Joseph had to do. God did not want him to hide. Now he had to do the difficult part. 
He had to publicly follow the Lord's command. He had to publicly take Mary to be his wife. He had to publicly put up with the fact that his wife was pregnant and he wasn't the father. He had to publicly tell people it was okay because God was the father. He had to publicly endure the shame. He had to publicly announce that his son was the coming redeemer. God had revealed this truth to him and Joseph, though, had two choices. He could either obey God, take Mary to be his wife, publicly profess his baby Jesus, his boy that wasn't really his boy, was, his, was the coming Messiah. Or he could avoid all the hassle and put Mary away privately. Put Mary away quietly. Nothing public. But what does Scripture tell us he did? He obeyed God. He obeyed God because Christ did not come to be hidden. Christ did not come to be quieted. Christ came as our Redeemer and He came publicly. God revealed it to to shepherds by angels. You know, we have a choice as well. We can choose the same thing. We can choose to to avoid the hassle of Christ or we can choose to follow Christ, profess Christ as our Redeemer. We see Jesus is our pure Redeemer. We see He's our public Redeemer. And then finally, Jesus is our perfect Redeemer. Notice what it says in Matthew chapter 1 and, and we continue on in verse 21. It says in that, in that verse, um, she will bear, the angel continues on and says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. He is our perfect redeemer. When the angel told Joseph that Jesus will save his people from their sins, he actually told Joseph three things. I'm going to look at those quickly. First of all, the angel acknowledged the sinfulness of people. Notice, if you will, in that passage. What does it say? The angel says, He will come to save, be the Savior for his people. And notice that it points out, He'll save them from what? Their sins. He said that Jesus would save the people from the sins. You know, this baby that we celebrate at Christmas didn't come to give us a holiday. He came to save us from our sins. But in order to save us from our sins, that means that we have to acknowledge that we're all sinners. Every person. The passage doesn't say, the the angel doesn't say, you know, God... Uh, sent Jesus to be the Savior for those who have committed sin. He says, for all mankind, save us from our sins. God gave His Ten Commandments in the law in the Old Testament to show the fact that we have all sinned and we all come short of the glory of God. There is no one in this room who has not uh, sinned. There is no one in this room that has kept the Ten Commandments. And I'm not just talking about, oh yeah, you've messed up a little bit over here in this one or a little bit over here in this one. None of us have kept any of the commandments. You say, wait a second now. I mean, I, that's not true. If you've been here over the last year and we've gone through the Sermon on the Mount, you see time and time again how Jesus talked about that it's more than just your actions, it's your heart. If you've listened to the messages over the last year, if we've studied that, you know that this is true. Because God tells us a number of different things. He says, you know, maybe you haven't killed someone, but if you've hated them in your heart, you've already killed them. 
Maybe you haven't committed adultery physically, but if you had a wrong thought in your mind, you've already committed adultery. Jesus made the statement in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, uh, he, he said to them that unless you are perfect, you are not fit for the kingdom. As Jesus taught that, we realize that we're violators of the law. Not just a tiny part of the law, all the law. James says this, he says, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. You can't say, well, you know, I've just only done this. According to Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, we've not only offended in one point, we've offended in all of them. And we need a Redeemer. And apart from Jesus, we're lost. And that's what the angel was announcing that day. And I don't know if Joseph got it completely. But he was announcing to Joseph, Joseph, everyone on earth is a sinner. And apart from this baby that your wife is about to deliver, apart from this baby, everyone's going to face judgment. Apart from him, we have no hope. And the angel acknowledged the sinfulness of people, but secondly, the angel assumed Jesus' possession of the people. Notice, if you will, again at that passage in Matthew chapter 1, he says this, verse 21, uh, She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save what? His people from their sins. He said that Jesus would save his people. On one occasion, Jesus went to the temple and, and He was talking to the people that were in the temple and He was sharing a message. What's interesting is uh, this message He was sharing was during the time known as the Feast of the Dedication. Today, the Jews call it Hanukkah. So it's this time of year. And He was sharing with them a message and He said in John, as He was sharing with them, He says, My sheep hear My voice and I know them and they follow Me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one will snatch them out of My hand. He goes on, he says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. When Jesus saves us, scripture tells us he never lets us go. When he truly saves us, nothing will be able to pluck us from his hand. He owns us. We are his and what he owns, he keeps forever. An angel announced there that he'll save his people. We are God's. When He saves us, we're His possession forever. And finally, the angel acknowledged the sinfulness of the people. The angel assumed Jesus' possession of the people, but finally the angel assured Jesus' salvation of the people. He says in that passage, he doesn't just say, yes, there's people have sin. He doesn't just say His people have sin, but what does he say? He says, this child that you will raise is your own, this child that your wife will give birth to will save the people from their sin. Jesus Christ, the one who this time of year we celebrate as a baby, the one who was born of a virgin, the one who uh, has done all this, the one who the angels announced to Joseph, the one who the angels announced to the shepherd, the one who 33 years after this willingly shed his blood on a cross of Calvary. He will save His people. The question is, is for us, is what are we going to do with Him? You know, Joseph had a choice at that moment. As I said, 
And Joseph chose to accept. Accept the word that the angel gave him. That Jesus that was born that day many years ago is the same Jesus that today is still saving us, saving people from their sins. He is still our pure Redeemer. He is still our public Redeemer. He is still our perfect Redeemer. So the question is, who is He to you? Is He just someone who you tack into your life? Is He just someone that you add to your life with no real commitment or change? Do you treat Him like a plastic figurine? I I got a, a... chuckle out of this yesterday there's um by my house we live close to the mall there's a there's a psychic reader if you haven't seen this and in the front there's there's a nativity scene so i don't know if jesus is just another figurine that you put in the yard or if he's more than that if he's just a decoration in your major scene or if he's more than that is he your public redeemer? Is he your is he your pure redeemer? Is he your perfect redeemer? This morning we have the opportunity of, of baptizing a few individuals. We're going to be baptizing six individuals this morning who are declaring that Jesus is their redeemer. Or declaring that they made a decision that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only way that they can have salvation. It's not dipping into the water. It's through Christ. During our invitation, those individuals are going to go and prepare themselves for baptism. But I want to ask you this question. I want to ask you, is He your Redeemer today? If He's just uh, another religious figure in your life, or if He's just you know, something that you, a good teacher, if He's just these things, then it's not enough. Is Jesus your only escape from the sin that fills your life and corrupts your body? Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this passage that you chose to give us in Scripture so that we can see the thought process that's going on in Joseph's life. Lord, we know as we look at the life of Joseph, we don't see one word recorded that he said. Yet we see an individual who chose to do the right thing. He chose to believe that Jesus Christ didn't just come as another babe. He chose to believe that Jesus just didn't come as a mistake. He chose to believe that Jesus came as a Redeemer and as our Savior. Lord, I pray that if there's any here that have not made that decision, that they will do so this morning. That with a true heart, of repentance, that they will come and accept Jesus as their Savior. Thank you for your faithfulness and for the word that you have given us. And we ask this in your name. Amen.